Welcome to the Farm Credit Advocates Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Kreischer, Director of Communications at Mid-Atlantic Farm Credit. Today, I'm joined by someone I work very closely with, and honestly, I do look up to her. Her name's Debbie Wang, the Executive Vice President of Communications with the Farm Credit Council. Debbie joined the council in 2016 after having a very impressive career, namely with FEMA. You spent several years at FEMA, making her an expert in communicating in a crisis, something we've all had to navigate recently. So thanks so much for joining me today, Debbie. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Jenny. It's such an honor to be with you this morning, and um, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we started this podcast, you immediately came to mind um, as one of the communicators that I look up to and, and love working with. So I'm glad you were able to do this. Um, for our audience today, could you just kind of introduce the Farm Credit Council and how you work with system associations like Mid-Atlantic? Absolutely. And first, let me acknowledge that I, too, um, enjoy working with you, Jenny. You're oh. one of my favorite favorite people to collaborate with, and I look up to you, and I learn a lot from you as well. So I appreciate oh. the collaboration and partnership. Oh, thanks, Debbie. Absolutely. Uh, so the Farm Credit Council is the national trade association that represents farm credit institutions, mostly before Congress, the executive branch, and stakeholders in Washington, D.C., a lot of agricultural stakeholder groups, and also with the national media. And we also provide that um, mechanism for members to involve themselves in grassroots development on positions of different ag policy-related issues, like when we advocated for the Farm Bill most recently, and also other federal legislation um, that would really impact farm credit. So we really like to get our grassroots folks involved and, and generate that, that interest from that level. And we work most closely with our farm credit associations like Mid-Atlantic Farm Credit um, to make sure that we have that collaborative, cohesive, unified message all across farm credit. So we're talking with one united voice um, within uh, Washington, D.C. So that's how we work closely with the associations. And we also work closely if we have an inquiry from a member of Congress or um, a media, a national media outlet, and they're really looking for that customer perspective. We recognize that our customers are our best spokespeople, obviously. And so we um, try to place and, and, and match up these audiences so so they can really hear that customer perspective and they can hear the farm credit story firsthand. Yeah, you do a really good job of telling our customer stories for us. And I think that's one thing that some of our customers may not realize about farm credit is our level of involvement um, in DC. And so I, I am glad that you were able to touch on that and tell everyone kind of how you all advocate on behalf of the entire industry and our members. Where does your, I'm curious, because I know in your background, you studied politics, and I'm curious kind of where that stems from, because you found a way in your career here at Mid-Atlantic to marry your communications expertise with your political interests. So could you just kind of give us some background on, on where that came from? Oh, absolutely. So I always have had a interest in politics, political science from um, an early age. And so, and that's one reason I I chose to come to the DC area. I went to school in this area um, for both my undergrad and master's degree. And then while I was going to school and then and shortly thereafter, I had the opportunity to work on um, some presidential campaigns, to work on Capitol Hill um, in a Senate press office. Uh, to work for some other um, political organizations and communications. So I always worked in the communications area, and then I worked for different uh, lobbying uh, groups as well as public relations uh, firms. 
And um, I just always, like I said, had an interest and I always thought that the advocacy, that public affairs type approach really energized me. And I love mission-based organizations and I love a challenge of how you can take a complicated issue and synthesize the message and really, you know, make an impact and really get that message across and, and thinking of creative new ways to really um, hone your message and then look at different mediums. To, to send your message out to the to different audiences. So uh, I've been very blessed, I think, with my um, with my career and opportunities. And I the best part is I get to work for wonderful organizations and work with people that I really enjoy and I um, uh, I look up to and have had great mentors as well as great just colleagues and, and partners. So um, I, yeah, I've just been very blessed. I I know before you joined Farm Credit Council, you were you were working for the National Rural um, Electric Cooperative Association. Um, so I'm curious, prior to that, um, and here at Mid Atlantic, do you have a background in ag? Like, did you come from any sort of you know agriculture um, background at all before joining either of these organizations? You know, actually, Jenny, I I don't have a um, like an ag background beyond those uh, those organizations. I did grow up in a, a small rural area, and I have a lot of family members and friends who were um, very closely involved in agriculture. Um, that definitely is a, a large piece of me, and I, I care d- deeply about uh, rural communities and agriculture. But but this was my really, like you said, with the rural electric cooperatives, and then with Farm Credit Council. That was really my my first uh, entree into working as closely with agricultural organizations. But it's something I I care deeply about, and um, I feel like it is a piece of my my upbringing. I was going to ask what drew, like you joined Farm Credit in 2016, which is the centennial. Um, Farm Credit turned 100 uh, that year. What drew you to this, to the council and to this role specifically? Sure. So actually I was, um, when I was at the, most recently before um, Farm Credit Council, I was with the Rural Electric Cooperatives. And um, one of our, one of the organizations we worked closely with was a um, Farm Credit uh, Council member. And they, you know, just speaking with them and learning about the mission of the Farm Credit Council. And I was just very attracted to this mission. And like I said, I really enjoy mission-based organizations. And I really, you know, fundamentally like supporting these rural communities. And I think telling the Farm Credit story and recognizing you can make an impact. And and our mission is just so valuable and just so sincere and genuine and good. And it's a great story to tell. And it's something I felt uh, very strongly about and just felt passionately about. And when you can work for some organization and a mission that that um, has those qualities, it's a lot easier to advocate on behalf and tell that story. And you can really see the fruits of your labor. Um, and that, that's something I always enjoy seeing. And and I, mostly it was the fabulous people, like that are, <laughs> our board members and our customers. When you, when you meet with them and you talk to them, I mean, it's just really hard not to be energized and just to really feel you know, feel good about, about what you're doing. And I, I really, I walk away from all those opportunities and just say, oh, you know, it just makes you feel good about yourself and what you're doing. I couldn't agree more. That's definitely my favorite part of this job as well as meeting with is, is my fellow employees, but our members and what they do, they're super inspirational. I mean, all of them prior to even the, the rural electric cooperatives, This is probably one part of your career I find very interesting, and this has really become apparent in how you've handled this whole COVID-19 crisis, but you actually had spent time at FEMA 
which I cannot imagine how incredible that experience was. Could you just kind of share with me what you learned while there and how you're applying that today? Absolutely. And I will say working for FEMA for 10 years in the communications um, shop, I was had a host of different jobs from press secretary to head of strategic communications and also the speech writer. It, it was incredibly rewarding and uh, and also one of the most challenging positions I've ever had. I was there I'm during sure. the 2004 hurricane season, which I think a lot of people forget how uh, how challenging and difficult that season was because it was quickly surpassed by 2005 with Hurricane Katrina and and it was you know just again onslaught of disasters after disaster. But um, you know the, one of the big takeaways uh, from FEMA is obviously you always want to be prepared as much as you can. And you always recognize you're probably never going to be as prepared as you should be. But, um, but being prepared with obviously a plan, uh, a, a, a crisis communications plan or just a communications plan so that, that your organization and your um, employees all know what their role is in the midst of a, of a crisis situation. Um, and making sure not only do you write that plan, but you you exercise, you test that plan to make sure everybody does know exactly what they need to do, what their role is, how they will receive information, and it becomes seamless in the midst of a disaster. And then following up after after a disaster, you know, there's a lot of uh, it's a lot of military speak, but after actions, um, we would call them. But it really is looking back and seeing what did you do well, and then what can we do better, and how can we learn from what we you know from our mistakes or, or think, or what can we learn from our, you know, exercise of the, of the implementation of the plan and then updating that plan. Don't just, you know, write a plan and feel like you're done, but and stick it on a shelf, but actually like pull that plan down constantly, look at it, update it, and make sure that you're again, educating those who have to carry out this plan on that. So that was one of the big things that I did learn. And then also, you know, knowing that this is the here and now, like you're dealing with this issue right now. We're in the midst of a um, pandemic right now, but also keeping the eye on the ball of what are other issues that, hey, they're not going away. They might just be put on the back burner, but keeping you know track of what important issues are going to affect agriculture, what's coming down the pike, what has just maybe been set aside, and, and not forgetting about that, continuing to focus on that as much as possible while dealing with the here and now. So, you know, you can get so caught up in a current huge disaster or crisis situation, but really, you know, maintaining the, the sense to, 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 to keep, keep business going and, and, you know, serving, serving your customers and just keeping your eye on, on issues that may be on that horizon. That's amazing advice and definitely very applicable today. I know that's something my team is doing is, you know, we're keeping a file, a running file of everything that we've put out or have done during this time to debrief you know, when we are able to kind of meet up is, you know, what did we do? What worked well? What should we have done differently? Um, So that's really great advice to hear. Um, Kind of along those lines, you know, in the midst of this crisis, how are you seeing, you know, you have a kind of a, you have a national view of this in your role at the council. How are you seeing the ag community come together um, at this time? There's many challenges that they're facing, you know, the economic crisis is one of them, but also, you know, with the, the, the food uh, supply chain issues. So how are you seeing the community come together um, at this time and support one another? I think that we've seen a lot of 
lot of different uh, great ways that the ag agricultural community has come together um, during this uh, current COVID-19 crisis. Uh, they've come together to support and sign, co-sign letters to advocate for legislation uh, to help provide some relief for an already struggling agricultural economy. Another way that Farm Credit specifically has helped to um, support agriculture and, and to really demonstrate how our customers have been affected is with putting together panels for where our customers can come and speak about specific issues. So we've had already uh, customer panels uh, focused on livestock, uh, on specialty crops, the fruit and vegetables, and then we're getting ready to do one on the dairy industry. And it's an opportunity for to do this by by webcast and to uh, invite members of Congress and their staff, as well as members of the media and also farm credit uh, folks across the, the country, but to really listen to these customers and the challenges that they have faced um, with the current COVID-19 pandemic um, from logistics supply chain to, you know, not being able to get their commodities to potentially meat processing plants, um, just to combat negative media stories and demonstrate that, you know, let folks hear the, the producer side of the story. So I think that's been a, a nice way um, to get our story and message out. Um, I've also seen a lot of great uh, things that producers and their creativity as far as how they are adapting to and pivoting with the pandemic and with their uh, with their businesses. I mean, anywhere from, you know, we've seen farm credit customers put together uh, produce uh, boxes, you know, that they've they've put together and they they're selling from you know the road with contactless um, delivery. Um, we've seen, you know, delivery of different products like wine or other types of com commodities. We've seen distilleries that have pivoted their business to make hand sanitizer. So there's really been a great, I think it's been really great to see the creativity of farm credit customers and how they've adapted to this new COVID-19 world and, and seeing how they can continue their business as much as possible, you know, during the current environment. I've definitely taken advantage of the delivery wine service. <laughs> One of our local wineries, um, Old Westminster Winery here in Carroll County, um, started doing that, and that that's been fantastic. You're right; it's been really, it's been really energizing to see these customers get innovative and creative with how they're adapting to this. It's quite remarkable. One shining light, I'll say, that this crisis has has kind of brought is that creativity out in many. So it's refreshing to see that. Um, what are some things you kind of mentioned before you really promote and, and recommend everyone having a plan um, for, for a crisis situation and, and revisiting that regularly? What are some other things that you would recommend producers consider to start thinking about now so that if they do ever you know, end up facing another crisis, either hopefully never again um, a pandemic at this scale, but you know, Crisis has happened often, you know, on a much smaller scale, whether it be to one individual business, a community. What are some things that you would recommend producers consider now in addition to that plan? Is there anything else you could suggest they do? Uh, yes, Jenny. And I think is one thing you touched on is one thing we can be assured of, there will be another uh, disaster, um, unfortunately, but we, ha we have to be prepared as much as possible. And I think some suggestions of ways that customers be prepared looking forward is making sure and ensuring they have a business continuity plan. As our organization, we looked ourselves um, at our plan right when this pandemic um, 
came about and we really wanted to make sure that we were set up for success and we had everything in line and, and in place. And we have since even updated our plan. So I think this is a great opportunity to say, hey, did we have a business continuity plan? Um, do we need to develop one? Uh, and do we need to update it? And, and, and just making sure for future that you, you do have that plan. And again, from a business continuity plan, it doesn't if you if you just have one and no one else has seen it or no one knows what what it entails, uh, make sure you share that plan amongst your um, your organization. And then also succession planning. I think it's always good to have that. A lot of people don't like to talk about that, but it's it's really important and to make sure that there is a plan. And again, that that's shared with those who who need to know um, because you know we we never know, but you don't want to be caught off guard. And I, I think those are just some some great preparedness steps to take. And those are things that you can take right now. Um, to ensure that you have the continuity of operations and it, it's a very fluid situation. What are some of the things that we can do to support agriculture right now during this crisis? Um, like I said, you know, we see in the news a lot about the, the issues with the food supply chain. Um, do you have any recommendations for how we can support our, our producers? So I think, again, going back to storytelling, it's, it's great to hear from customers exactly what they're doing and what they're, the challenges that they are seeing and faced with, and then how they're overcoming those challenges. And then also how Farm Credit is helping them to overcome those challenges. A great example is through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. I mean, Farm Credit worked tirelessly in, to, to make sure that uh, their customers were, were being able to receive those loans for their businesses to keep their operations going. Um, but there's a lot of other ways and, uh, you know, there's other, besides other relief that, um, that Congress and the administration will, will um, uh, give, to, give to agriculture. Again, it goes back to storytelling, always making sure that we're out there talking about, you know, our customers, you know, how much we care about our customers uh, what we do for our customers, opportunities, and 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 things that we provide our customers. It, it, it's all about that storytelling and getting that message out. And I think it, it helps for uh, a variety of re uh, reasons and audiences. I mean, we have a great story to tell. There's a lot of noise out there, but good stories are always welcome. And also, it's great for these these audiences to hear these positive things about farm credit because there is there is some negative stories about about agriculture and the food supply chain and that it you know is it broken and and it's really good to hear that you know farmers are still producing and, and doing their best to make sure that they can get their products to the end you know the end user they need to hear from those customers and and telling that story via is it is it podcasts is it through you know just other testimonials that are written, video, there's a lot of different mechanisms. And, and thankfully, with technology now, we have those, those, uh, those mediums to um, tell those stories. And, and there is a big appetite for content and for, to hear these stories. And, and, and this is all, you know, again, how we build reputation, you know, management and, and equity um, for farm credit is, is to continually telling these stories. So um, I think that's what I would offer is one of the best things, you know, there's plenty of stories out there. Uh, let's continue to tell it and, 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 and make sure that we're telling our own story so others can't tell it for us. That's great. 
That's great advice. Yes, I'm with you on the storytelling camp. That's also part of our job at Mid-Atlantic, uh, my team's job, and, and we love doing it. So, well, I appreciate your time, Debbie, and I, I have to thank you and your team and the council for everything you do to support us, um, not only during a crisis, but all throughout the year. So I do appreciate that. And I have one more question for you um, before we sign off for the day, if you're ready for it. Okay. <laughs> what is it that you advocate for in agriculture? Well, that's a great question, Jenny. And I think there's so many things to advocate for. Um, I think one of the things that I've learned through this uh, current COVID-19 pandemic is that there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding or just lack of understanding of how people get their food. Where does their food come from? They think they go to the grocery store and it's just there and they they purchase it and go home. But I think that we've had the opportunity to really explain and, and provide a much better understanding and appreciation for producers and for agriculture. So I'm very much an advocate for, you know, making sure people really understand how they get the food on the table to feed their families and feed the world. And, and I think that's a very important piece um, that folks have really, again, recognized and appreciated from this as, as we've seen shelves um, you know, a lot of meats not uh, not filling the shelves as they once were, and you know, just being harder to come by. And I think it's I think it does just provide a a much better understanding for the the benefits and the and the greatness of these producers. That is a great topic to advocate for. Super important. I think you're right. I think so many things are an agricultural product that people don't even consider. Actually, I I think I was telling you this. We're working on a piece right now explaining how toilet paper is actually a agricultural product if you think about it i mean it comes from it comes from trees the forestry industry is part of toilet paper and you know it, that's it just with this whole with that whole storyline when this whole thing started that got me thinking about that i don't think people realize where even that comes from so yeah. Great point. And what a hot commodity that certainly was. So that's very strategic and creative of you um, to tie the current stories and headlines into something that goes back to agriculture. So I, I commend you on that effort. I'll be sure to share that that blog with you when it's done. So, well, Debbie, again, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I know you guys have, have a lot on your plates, but again, thank you and the council for everything you're doing. Well, always great to talk to you, Jenny. And, and again, I'm very appreciative of the opportunity to speak with you all. And, and I, can't, uh, I can't tell you enough how much I really do appreciate the, the collaboration, the partnership of, of you and Mid-Atlantic. And, and just I'm, I'm appreciative of the opportunity to, to work on behalf of agriculture and farm credit. We echo that sentiment as well. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Please rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend. We'd love any feedback you have also. So shoot us an email at podcast at mafc.com and you can check out the show notes um, and subscribe to get email alerts for future episodes over at mafc.com slash podcast. See you next time. Mm -hmm.